So most of, uh, most of our church family is traveling out of town this week. Um, so I think I almost want to change the format of how we do things this morning a little bit. I don't, I'm kind of feeling like maybe I don't want to preach a sermon at you guys today, um, but rather just maybe have more like a Bible study kind of format where we can just kind of interact with one another a little bit and, and uh, examine some different texts together. I do have a PowerPoint and all that stuff, but... Um, I don't know, maybe we can turn the speakers down so it doesn't sound like I'm blasting through. And you can leave the recording on, I suppose, but um, I just kind of make it more, more, of a, more of a Bible study, kind of like we would do for maybe Sunday school or just our, our morning time together. Um, I just want to talk about the concept of gratitude this week. Obviously, this week we had Thanksgiving, right? And I hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, I trust you, it was, it was a, a good time together. Um, we had initially planned to have family in town, and then uh, that family had to make other plans. They, they weren't able to come in town, so we ended up just being at home by ourselves. But we had a nice time. Uh, we enjoyed the time as a family together. As I was thinking about the concepts of Thanksgiving and gratitude this week, there's just a few things that, I don't know, it was just really kind of standing out to me that I wanted us to think through today as we think about the concepts of gratitude and thanksgiving. So that's, that's kind of the direction that we're going today. Um, not, not really a reaction against anything that I've seen in particular, but just kind of just mulling over some concepts within my own heart and within my own mind. The concept of gratitude is, is, an, is a uniquely and distinctly Christian idea. Right? It, it's not something that fits with other worldviews that are outside of a biblical worldview. And if we think about the reasons for that, we can think, well, in an atheistic worldview, what is someone that, what, what, are, what are they thankful for? What are they thankful to? There's nothing, right? Like, we, in a Christian worldview, we're saying we're thankful to God for His blessings. In an atheistic worldview, who are they thankful to? What are they thankful to? Are they thankful to the universe? <laughs> the universe is an inanimate object, right? It, is, it has no ability to actually impart something. It's just a whole bunch of randomness and chaos. There's really nothing to be thankful for, uh, nothing to be thankful for because there's nothing special about anything. It's just the randomness of the universe doing its thing, rolling on in a random way. We are products of randomness in the universe. There's nothing special about our relationships with one another. There's just neurons and things firing inside our brain. We can't even be thankful for our family in an atheistic worldview. Not in a true sense. We can feel feelings, but those are actually irrational feelings in an atheistic worldview. But rather, gratitude is, is actually is such a distinctly Christian idea. To feel gratitude is to borrow from the Christian worldview. In a sense, it's actually, you know, we've been talking about apologetics in our uh, Sunday school time. That's kind of, it's an apologetic argument in a sense, that the concept of gratitude leads us to understand that Christianity is, is a, we have to borrow from the Christian worldview to have a concept of gratitude. As we think about this, the, that concept, you know, we just, we just had this national holiday of Thanksgiving. The history of Thanksgiving Morning, come on in. We're we got a small group. We're kind of I, I said this was going to be more less of like a less of a sermon and more of like a Bible study today. 
We'll see how much that ends up being true. <laughs> but that's, that's kind of what we're doing today, talking about the concept of gratitude and thanksgiving. Even as we just uh, talked about thanksgiving or had thanksgiving this week, um, I don't know if, how, how much of you, you guys have looked at the history of Thanksgiving. We know it goes back. Just interact with me a little bit. What's the, the genesis of Thanksgiving, the holiday? Where'd that come from? Pilgrims and Indians. Is that what I heard back there too? Yeah. So there was the very first corn harvest came after a very, very difficult year where there's a very harsh winter and then they were coming out of that and they didn't even know if they were going to survive. People were dying off all over the place. Well, there were some natives that ended up helping the pilgrims learn how to plant and cultivate corn, and they had a bountiful harvest. And so they were so thankful, they proclaimed this feast, <coughs> and they had this, uh, this time of thanksgiving, praising God for providing that wonderful harvest. Well, that tradition kind of rolls on, and it wasn't necessarily something that was observed every single year from that point forward. But we see even during the Revolutionary War, the Continental Congress designated one or more days each year for the specific purpose of praising God and thanking Him for His provision. After the war was finished, George Washington offered the very first Thanksgiving proclamation. And I want to read a portion of it for us because we don't really hear presidents talk like this anymore. This is what he said. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, and to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly implore His protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness, Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November, to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or will be. It's an acknowledgement of the graciousness of our God and His kindness towards the people as they were forming their new government. <clears throat> Though many states adopted official Thanksgiving dates, it wasn't declared a national holiday until 1863. Do you guys know what was going on in 1863? Civil War. The height of the Civil War was going on. Do you know something about 1863? Yeah, I bet you learned about it, didn't you? Well, at the height of the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln offered these words as part of a Thanksgiving address in which he did establish this as an annual official national holiday every year. He wrote, The year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, 
which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come. Others have been added, which are so extraordinary in nature that, that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever watchful providence of Almighty God. And he goes on to say that even in the midst of the war where there was fighting between the states and there was bloodshed, that the population was growing, that the fields were abundant, the crops were, were growing, that even though there was war within, that they were at peace with other world powers that were at play at that time. And so he goes on to say, No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. I find those words to be very striking. Even in the midst of recognizing that this war that was going on between the states, that he viewed that as, as God's punishment upon the land for her sins. And yet... He was recognizing the mercy of God in providing food, that there wasn't a famine in the middle of a war, that the crops were growing, that there was a bountiful harvest, that, that there were many great things going on even in spite of the war. And we've been celebrating Thanksgiving as a national holiday ever since. But what strikes me the most about these addresses in the history of the day of Thanksgiving is that there is a clear debt of gratitude that is owed to someone very specific. This isn't just gratitude that is just expressed out into the universe, out into the ether, just like, oh yes, I'm just, I'm thankful, and it just goes out to something nebulous or random. This thankfulness is directed to a particular person. And as we think about that concept, it's not, to me, it's not any wonder that as we live in the day and age in which we live, that the concept of gratitude we find is increasingly lost in a culture that is increasingly straying from our God. And I don't know, I, I can't say if this is an intentional thing itself, but I don't know if you guys have noticed the, there's an increasing, and it's kind of comical to an extent, Instead of calling the day Thanksgiving, we call it Turkey Day. Right, it's the day we, we eat turkey. It's Turkey Day. And again, I don't know if that's an intentional attempt to divorce the concept of Thanksgiving from the holiday. I don't know that. But it certainly is an interesting phenomenon to observe in a day when we are losing gratitude as part of our culture. Well, my intent today is not really to, to talk about the holiday of Thanksgiving, where I'm using the holiday as a springboard to talk about the concepts of Thanksgiving. There is a concept of being thankful, and it is something that's being lost in our culture, but it's something that, that in many ways our culture wants to reclaim. So, I was reading this week, secular psychologists have done significant work to discover that gratitude is an essential aspect of our mental well-being. We start talking about the concepts of, of mental health and being kind of balanced in that way. Gratitude plays an important role in the midst of that. 
Listen to this. This is from Harvard Health Medical School. They wrote this. In positive psychology research, gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences, improve their health, and deal with adversity and build strong relationships. And yet, in the midst of recognizing the importance of gratitude, the object of that gratitude is missing. So that article would go on to document the research and demonstrate that people who had regular habits of expressing gratitude were healthier, happier, they exercised more, they had better social interactions, and the results of, of, uh, the results of focusing on gratitude were greater and longer lasting than other forms of what they call positive psychology methods. They find a correlation between these things. And so all the psychologists and therapists of our, of our day, they've begun to focus on that and begin asking their patients, hey, let's make lists of things you're thankful for. Let your loved ones know that you're thankful for them, etc. All the while, once again, leaving out the object, the one to whom we are to direct that thankfulness to. We can be thankful for and miss who we're thankful to. And that's really what I want us to call ourselves to think about today. I know Thanksgiving's over, right? That holiday's past. We're in, another, we're in the holiday season though, yeah, right? We've got Christmas coming up. And it's a stressful time for many people. We still want to be people of gratitude. We still want to thank our God for the blessings that He brings into our lives. And we need that to extend beyond the holiday season. So what I want us to think about today, that it isn't just enough to be thankful for. We must be thankful to. And that object must be Almighty God. So let's look at a few Scripture verses that speak of the concept of gratitude. I'm going I'm to open this up to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 is a very famous text. It speaks in many ways of the depravity of mankind. Begins by saying that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and the ungodliness of man. That's that's not a positive start. That's That's not an exciting way to start out a passage. But what we find in this text that ingratitude is a sign of our own human depravity. Ingratitude is a sign of our own human depravity. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. They hold down the truth in unrighteousness. How do they do that? Well, in verse 19 it says, what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. They they can see it. It's not hiding. It's not a secret. Verse 20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. 
God's revealed himself. It's there. We know it innately within ourselves. It's clearly perceived. We don't have to reason to it. It's there right in front of our eyes with the result that they are without excuse. Verse 21 is the key verse for us this morning. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God. They did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. They know God, but they fail to honor Him as God. They fail to see Him as the one who's created all things. And we fail to give thanks to God. And this, Paul says, is a sign of their depravity, a sign of their own human sinfulness. To fail to, to show thanks to God is a sign of our own sinfulness. It shows us something about ourselves that we think, oh, I don't... Oh, I don't need to give thanks to God because, well, I got it all figured out. I'm good. I'm all right. And this, this evidences itself all the time. You know, if, if we're given a gift and uh, we don't show gratitude for that, what does that reveal about our own hearts? What does that reveal about what's, what's inside of us? We see it's, it's, I think it's a lot more evident within our, uh, within our children then uh, we learn how to hide this better as we grow up, right? We learn how to kind of cloak it a little bit with our speech or with our actions. But kids don't always have that filter, right? So we just see it right there out in the open. We give them food and they say, I don't want to eat that food. There's ingratitude there. We provided something for you that's for your good, it's for your benefit, it's for your sustenance, and you're turning your nose up at it lack of gratitude. And we do the same thing to Almighty God when we do not appreciate the things that He brings into our lives, when we fail to thank Him, when He gives us a job and we don't thank Him for work, when He gives us a home and we don't thank Him for the house, when He gives us air to breathe, every heartbeat, every time we blink our eyes, all of that is a gift from God and we just take it for granted. We fail to give thanks to Him as the one who has provided all of these things. Paul says, hey, this, in our ungratitude, we become futile in our thinking. It's it's foolishness. Our our, our reasoning gets messed up inside of our heads. Our foolish hearts are darkened. We can't even reason and think properly about the things that God has given us. Ingratitude. We're going to be bouncing around a few passages this morning as we continue to think about this being a sign of human depravity, though. First, uh, Second Timothy, rather, chapter 3 speaks of this as well. Second Timothy, chapter 3, this, uh, Paul makes some startling things, says some startling things in this when he talks about in the last days, and, and I believe we're living in those last days now. I believe we've been living in those last days for the last 2,000 years or so ever since Jesus Christ ascended into heaven and we are in the church age. I do believe the church age is the last days. Paul says, understand this, in the last days there will come times of difficulty, but he goes on to express what people will look like in those days. 
And he says, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. In the midst of this list of sins that that he expresses that will be evident in the lives of people in the last days, and we think about the awfulness of all these things, people lovers of themselves, lovers of them, and proud, arrogant, disobedient to their parents. That's unusual. That, I wouldn't have thought that that would have risen to this kind of level, but also un, ungrateful. Our ingratitude is a sign of the degradation of society. We see this within our own culture around us, do we not? Ingratitude reveals certain things about what's in our hearts. Ingratitude reveals pride. It says, hey, I'm, I'm doing all right. Got life figured out. Good to go. I don't need to be thankful. Reveals pride. Ingratitude reveals independence. It says, oh, no, I can do this on my own. We see this in our kids too, right? I want to do it all by myself. And there's a degree to which that is a healthy part of the growth and development of a child as they're learning how to do things. They're learning their motor skills. They're learning how to do things all by themselves. There's an extent to which that is good and healthy and normal development of a child. But there's also that defiant attitude within that. No, I can do it all by myself and I must do it all by myself that expresses a certain pride and independence that can be unhealthy. And we do this. We express this even as, as adults. We go through life, and when we, when we go through life without reference to God and we don't pray to God, we, we don't think about our God, we don't think about we have decisions to make, and we don't submit those decisions to our God in prayer. We just try to go through life figuring it out all, all on our own, living life independently from the God who has blessed you with so many things and who has given us His Word and direction in His Word. When we live life like that... We're living lives of ingratitude that reveals an independent spirit that is unhealthy and sinful. And ingratitude also reveals a sense of entitlement. I'm not showing my gratefulness because I deserve this. This thing is mine. This, this thing belongs to me. I don't have to be thankful for that. I, I earned this. That's my money. That's my car. That's my whatever. I earned it. I worked hard for it. It's mine. An entitlement attitude that we are owed something based off of something within ourselves when the reality is, is all those things come from God. God is the one who has given you the ability to work. God is the one who has given us the ability to, to work with our hands and to do things and to think about things. He's the one who's given us a brain. He's the one that gives us 
oxygen to breathe that our brains may function. And yet we have this entitlement spirit within us that is pervasive in our culture. And we, we see this all over the place in the cultural ph- phenomenon that in so many ways I feel so sorry for all of the good and godly and wonderful Karens of the world <laughs> because there is this thing, this cultural phenomenon that exists. We've, we've taken this name and have associated it with a certain personality and type of people that the Karens, they just... They are expressing their rage about this, that, or the other thing, or they they're, think they're owed something, they, they're entitled to something, and so they want their way and they're going to make a big scene about it and insist upon something for their own way. I was watching this YouTube video just this week about this, this gentleman who would go out and he had a lawn care business and he would mow people's lawns that if their lawn was just neglected, it wasn't cared for, and he had extra time. Rather than just sitting and doing nothing, he would just go out and he would mow people's lawns because, hey, I can just give of my time to people. And so he was mowing an elderly couple's lawn who had not been able to care for their, for their lawn, clearing up all the brush, weed whacking all the things. Well, this woman comes up to him and starts cussing him out. Well, why are you mowing their lawn and you're not mowing my lawn? I don't know anything about your lawn. Well, here I am, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a single mom and I'm pregnant and I've got all these other things going on. No one's mowing my lawn. What are you mowing their lawn for? What causes that? Right, what, what, what makes that arise within someone? It's ingratitude. It's this entitlement mentality. She's failing to be thankful for what she has and she thinks that other people owe her things. It's a, this ingratitude reveals this entitlement spirit within her. And, and as much as we see that, and it's kind of ugly when we see it in the world, but we don't often want to think about when that same kind of spirit rises up within our own hearts, which happens. All right, something happens in a, in, a, in a store or something, we're overcharged or whatever, and we're, we're upset about that, or, or, or we're, at the, we're at the drive-thru, and it's just taking so long, and we're upset about how long it takes us to get through the drive-thru, sitting in traffic, or whatever else. It's like we think the world owes us everything to happen quickly and neatly according to our timetable. Like, well, where does that come from? That's our own sinful pride our own sinful ingratitude, our own sinful entitlements flowing out of ingratitude. But on the flip side of that, if we're to think about the, that, that's ingratitude and that's a sign of our, of our human depravity, a sign of our sinful nature. On the, on the flip side, when we're expressing gratitude, that is revealing humility within our hearts. Gratitude recognizes our dependence, that that we are dependent upon Almighty God, that we are not independent beings. And gratitude recognizes our undeserving condition where we don't deserve the things we think we deserve. We're not owed these things, but rather they are gifts from Almighty God. So we want to think about gratitude in a biblical way. We don't want to be ungrateful for all the blessings that God has given us, and we're going to look at some of those blessings in a moment, but when we think about the concept of being grateful, 
there's a, there's a reality that gratitude is practical for our lives. And this is something that, to a degree, those, those secular psychologists, as they're looking at things and they're, they're finding a correlation between people who are expressing gratitude and, and people who are generally happier in their life, there's an overlap there. They're recognizing that correlation. Well, the Scriptures reveal to us that this is an important aspect of our lives. First Thessalonians, okay, before I get to First Thessalonians, I almost skipped over something here. When we think about the concept of gratitude being practical, how many of us start thinking about, oh man, you know, I, I just want to know God's will for my life. I, I want to know what God wants from me within my life. I, I don't know if that, that's a question you've ever asked within your life. Hey, I, I want to know, God, what do you want from me? What's, what's your will for me? Well, I have good news for you today then. I have for us from the Word of God what God's will is for you today within your life. And this is where I want to look at this passage from 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In the closing of this letter, Paul is giving a series of commands where he talks about always seek to do good to one another, to everyone, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. And then he says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God's will for your life is a life of gratitude. Giving thanks in all circumstances. That this is something that God has said, this is something specific that I want you to do in your life. Be thankful. In all circumstances. The good circumstances, hey, it's easy to be thankful for those, right? It's easy to be thankful when things are going good, when, when life is going well, and the bills are paid, and our, our, our tummies are full, and, and all the other things, when we're healthy. harder to be thankful when things are going rough and we're struggling through life and we're having a hard time. Paul says, be th- give thanks in all circumstances, even the hard times. And there's various other passages that we could pull in as we ask the question, well, why? Why would we be thankful for the difficulties and the, the trials, the tribulations, the struggles that we have in life? There's lots of passages that we could go to that explains that. And one would be in, in uh, James chapter 1 where he says, look, these things are in your life. Well, they, they produce good character within you if you're willing to, to go through them and to walk with them as God would have you walk through them. They produce things within you. God's refining you through the difficulty. And so we can be thankful even in the midst of the hard things. We give thanks in all circumstances. There's that song, count your many blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Even when we're going through difficult moments of life, as we start counting our blessings, okay, I know this is a hard point of life right now, but I want to count the things that are good, that God has blessed me with today. What are those things? You start listing them out. You see, God has done so much for you that we can and should be thankful. And in so doing... We do the will of God for our lives. 
Another way that gratitude is, is practical that Paul speaks of in Ephes- uh, rather Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, and we covered this when we were going through the book of Philippians, where he writes this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. This is part of where thanks, real giving thanks and gratitude to God is practical. It's part of the antidote to the anxieties that we experience within our lives. And again, we talked about this when we were going through Philippians, but the concept of how when we have those anxious moments, those anxious thoughts, those seasons of life when we have gripped by anxiety in so many ways, if we are approaching this as God's Word directs us to and, and to battle that anxiety with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving that we begin to see God working within our hearts and we can combat the anxieties of our lives through this process. And it's not easy. I use the word battle, right? It is a battle and I know what that's like to, to sit through that and have the anxious thoughts just pounding upon your life, and it's, it's a battle. It's like you have, to, you have to force yourself to think and to dwell upon the things that God would have us to think and dwell upon, and we have to wrestle through prayer. Lord, I don't want to live my life with this anxiety. I don't want to be this way. I want to live my life according to your word. I want to think about the things that are good, noble, just, and pure, as this passage would go on, if we were to look at the later verses, it would go on to talk about, and it's a battle. But in that battle, thanksgiving and thanking God is part of how we battle that. I want to thank you that whatever it is that we need to thank Him for. Thank you for giving me a home. Thank you for giving me a family. I thank you for giving me food. I thank you that that you have not left me to be by myself. Though sometimes I feel alone, I know I am not alone because Jesus has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We can battle our own anxious thoughts with gratitude to God for the things that He has done and said and promised to us. And that takes us finally to this, as we are thinking about this concept of gratitude We don't want to be ungrateful. That's a sign of our depravity. We see that gratitude is actually practical and good things for our lives. Well, what is this concept of gratitude? It's it's a necessary response to God's blessings within our lives. Ingratitude ignores the hands of God and the blessings that we enjoy in life. But for those who are His children, we have so much in Christ. And I'm going to finish this morning with a passage from Ephesians that just expounds to us everything that we are, not everything, but many of the great and wonderful things that we have in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1. And this is an extended passage, but I'm going to read it out because there's just so much here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Not most spiritual blessings 
or many spiritual blessings, but every spiritual blessing is ours in Jesus Christ. What are some of those spiritual blessings? Verse 4, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will. We're adopted into His family, sons and daughters of the King of kings and Lord of lords. To the praise of His glorious grace, which He blessed us in the Beloved. Verse 7, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. We should pay the penalty for our, our, our sin ourselves, but because of Jesus Christ there is forgiveness. According to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us, right? Our God isn't a stingy God. He's not like, okay, I'm just going to give you just a little bit of grace just to get you by. He says He's lavished His grace upon us. In all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ, as a plan for for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven, and things on earth. That's not all. He goes on in verse 11, In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. There's an inheritance that we're going to receive in Christ. So that in Him we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory, In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. Not only do we have this inheritance that we know we're going to receive someday in glory, but it's a sure reality Because we've received the Holy Spirit. It's a seal. It's the guarantee. And we know that we cannot be let go. God has given us everything. He's given us all these things. There's there's other passages that we could look at that would expound about the things that we have in Christ. This inheritance that we receive, we're going to reign with Christ. We're going to inherit the world and reign with Christ. He's given us everything. All these blessings that we have from God. And so as a result, our response should be one of gratitude. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for giving me your spirit. Thank you for making me your child. And that's the basis of Paul's prayer. If we were to go on, he says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith I give thanks for you. It's gratitude. Thanking the Lord for all of His good blessings within our lives. And so we see, when in speaking of this reconciliation and being made right with the Father, in 2 Corinthians 5.18, Paul says, all this is from God. 
It's all a gift from Him. It's all a blessing from His hand. And so it is only right and proper that we have gratitude in our hearts to our God for these things. You know, James says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Everything that we have, we owe to Him. To fail to show gratitude of that, that reveals the sin within our hearts. But when we do show that gratitude, we're, we're expressing thanks to the God, to the God who has given us all these things, a response for His blessings within our lives. And that has an effect within our hearts and within our lives that helps us live out the will of God very literally and very practically within our lives as we go about our daily lives. So I just leave that with us today as we think about the concept of gratitude, the need for it, the importance of it, that we must be a people of gratitude. We must be teaching our children to be individuals who show gratitude. We ought to say thank you to the individuals that we come across within our lives. We ought to thank God for His blessings to us. So what I'd like to do now, even as we close in prayer, that I would even just challenge us, even as we think about the concept of gratitude, to spend a couple moments as we go to the Lord in prayer, Lord, and confess to Him, Lord, I'm sorry that I don't show my gratitude as often as I should. Lord, I have not thanked you for this blessing within my life. And tell him what you're sorry for. Tell him what you have failed to thank him for. And confess that sin before him. Ingratitude is sin. So just go to the Lord in prayer and and ask him for his forgiveness for failing to show gratitude. And then we'll come around and and we'll thank him and we'll say, Lord, we do thank you for what you have given us within our lives. Let's, Let's go to our Lord in prayer now and just in the quietness of your heart, thank the Lord, confess our ingratitude before him. And I'll, I'll close this out when we are finished. Lord, as we come before you, we recognize that we are so often an ungrateful people. We are proud, we are arrogant. We think we know what is best. We think we have life figured out sometimes. And even in the times when we don't have it figured out, we fail to come to you. 
We fail to seek your word. We fail to acknowledge you in all of our ways. We ignore the blessings that you give us. We take it for granted. Lord, personally, I ask for your forgiveness for failing to be thankful for the good blessings you've brought into my life. Forgive me, Lord, for failing to thank you for the things you've given me. Forgive me for failing to thank you for the vehicles that I drive, the the home that I have, the clothes that I wear, the food that I eat. You could take it all for granted, Lord. Forgive me for failing to, to recognize your mighty power as you hold the universe together. Lord, as I even as I go about and at times do some of my electrical work and I figure out a difficult problem, I, I think to myself, oh, what a great accomplishment, what a, what a smart electrician I am, and I fail to give thanks to you for bringing those things about, for helping me in that process. Lord, forgive me for thanking you when, when I'm humbled by things that my family say to me. When I see my own sin because of something that my children or my wife say. Forgive me for failing to thank you for all of your goodness. I pray, Lord, that you would forgive each of us when we do not acknowledge you as we should. Help us, Lord, to be a people of gratitude. Help us to show our thankfulness to you. Help us to honor you as God and give you thanks for everything that you've done for us. We thank you now, we praise you now, and even as we close in this song, I pray that it would accurately reflect our hearts as we sing praise to you and give thanks to you. We do pray this in Christ's name, amen.